jump right into it. Uh, we're going to speak a little bit about what we're doing today. We're going to the Matcha Bakery. So just let me show up. What is it? What are the things that we're looking for? What's going on over there? What exactly Matcha is what, and what Matcha isn't? So I know we've all seen Matcha before, hopefully. Um, certainly at your Seder table, if your eyes are still open, that one of those things you're eating, the round things, the dot speckles on it, that's a Matcha. So we've all seen a Matcha before, but I'm not necessarily sure that we've any of us have had a chance to look carefully at what a matzah is. So I brought some samples just for visual aid. Um, there is not hummus tree, is it? No, I assume not. It's okay. They're, they're sealed anyway, but okay, matzah. This, this is a matzah. You want to pass it around? Uh, this is in fact a matzah. Here you go. That's one matzah. This, this is also a matzah. Now, as you can see, some matzahs are square in shape. Some are round. Now, that depends on your family practice. You do round matzah, square matzahs, but this is a matzah. Now, I'm smiling, but I wasn't kidding when I said it's a matzah. It is a matzah. Now, it's a matzah, and I think we all know that it, even if it is a matzah, this is not something that's going to be at our Seder table ever as the thing that we're eating. So the question is, why not? Uh, what exactly makes a matzah a matzah? So there, there's something called a matzah mitzvah, and that over there is not a matzah mitzvah. But there's something else called matzah, and then there's a third thing called kamit. Fine, so we'll start with just the broader things, matzah and kamit, with uh, some clear definitions. So, what is kamit? Kamit is a mixture of at least flour and water that has sat for an amount of time necessary to become, go through a process called kimut. So it's not so fair to use kimut in the definition of kamit, but since it's not so clear exactly to anybody anymore what real kamit is anyway, You'll just have to leave it on the side. It's a helpful definition nonetheless because it's going to help us define the other things. That's what chametz is. Again, it's flour and water, at least, that sat for a necessary amount of time to become chametz. Anything else, any other mixture is going to be, that goes through a baking process is going to be matzah. Okay? Fine. So that's chametz, that's matzah. Then there's another thing called matzah's mitzvah. The matzah's mitzvah is what we call shmura matzah, um, and it's the thing that we have for our chiyuv der Isa at the Seder on Leil Rishon. So shmura matzah, the definition of that would be flour with no other perceivable liquid other than water um, that has uh, that's it, sorry, that has been guarded from chimus lishma since the time of at the very least lisha, but more lechachila than that is from the shas bechina when you grind the grain into flour, or before that even better uh, from the shas tir itself when they actually chop it out of the ground. So it's a weird kind of thing to say that uh, matzah's mitzvah is something that's been shomer from chametz because anything on Pesach, hopefully definitionally, is been shomer from chametz because you know I don't have any chametz on Pesach. So everything, everything shmura, isn't it? So what does it mean to be shmura? So there really there are three levels when it comes to matzah. There's one, just in a basic sense, that there's no chametz in the thing, and that's going to be true about anything on Pesach, matzah or not, your tapioca cereals and your your um, what are those things, the coconut thingies. Macaroons, macaroons, your knedelachavitos, and the matzahs, everything has to be biyadua, that there's no chametz in the thing itself. Uh, for that, it's just, you just need to know. However way you need to know, the camera, or just, just a yadibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibib
And then there's a third thing, a kind of unique thing, that the, the matzah, it comes from the Pasuk Vishmarta Mesa Matzah, that the matzah was guarded, l'shem the guarding, by the body of a Jew. So um, it, it's, not, it's not a very common sort of concept that shows up anywhere else. It's deraisa, it comes from the Pasuk, um, and if you don't have this mila, you can't, you're not yotzei de yachiyuv of masa. A, a similar sort of place we find it. Um, Jewish Sherman gave me uh, this example by by Chal Yisrael. So Chal Yisrael is a big machlokist in the Rishonim about what, where, why, who. In a certain sense, um, you could argue that Chal Yisrael is just a question of mirrors. As long as you can know for sure that there's no mixture of pig milk, it's just pure cow's milk. Even if there's no Jew there, as long as you know, if you had a camera, everything's fine. Then it's, it has a din of Chal Yisrael. However, in the Rishonim, there are Rishonim that hold that even if you knew, you knew 100%, there was no chance nothing could come in, nothing could go out. If you didn't have a Jewish body sitting there watching it, then it doesn't have the, the din of Chalav Yisrael, and it says Chalav Akum, and it's out there. So, even if you know that there's no chametz in the thing, and you know that the matzah, 100%, zero chametz, it's a perfect, beautiful matzah made in two minutes, it doesn't matter. If it wasn't shomer by the body of a Jew, so then it, it lacks this uh, mila. it's not called shmura. So, um... Okay, good. So that's, that's matzah, that's chametz, that's shmur matzah. So, um, based on this, this uh, concept, um, we can understand, uh, I don't know exactly where they come from, but it probably has something to do with this, why the shul, shuls, when they're going out, there's no one under bar mitzvah going to the bakery. And involved with the jobs also has to be someone who is bar mitzvah, because in order to make the matzahs, to have, it, have the mile of shmur and also the shema, you need to be a bardas who's a Yisrael. Now, truth be told, it's actually not quite so simple because certain things, even, even a 13-year-old isn't necessarily good enough for some of the jobs and some of the other jobs, even a goy, even a katan can do, but uh, we're not going to get into that now. Just as in the basic sense, though, a matzah has to be made by a, a, a bardas who's a Yisrael. Okay, fine. So uh, then we come to, uh, that was the topic of matzah. So we're going to talk about sam matzah. So it's sam matzah. So sam matzah is what? So we said that a cookie, um, a regalach, a muffin, uh, they're all matzos. The question is why, right? They, they are. But they're, they're called what we usually refer to as um, matzah shira. So matzah shira, broadish definition of matzah shira is flour that's been mixed with something other than water. Mepeiros uh, is the, the most typical type of matzah shira. So mepeiros are things like honey, oil, uh, wine, blood, things like that. All these things, I said blood on purpose, all these things are not kosher for matzah mitzvah. So, for example, if you were to make matzah with blood in it, you wouldn't be able to have that matzah for your seder. Fine, I'm even yelling. So, blood Bible. Okay, anyway. So, more to our, hopefully, uh, experiences. Uh, if you look, most baking recipes, most pastries and baked goods and everything like that, there's no water in it. it cookies, muffins, pastries, everything, everything dessert type, no water. It's, it's flour, it's, it's oil, there's chocolate, there's sugar, I don't know, what else, maple syrup, who knows. Eggs, right, eggs, all, everything there, everything but water. You never put a drip of water. And if you don't put a drip of water, the thing cannot possibly become a chametz, and it also can't possibly be uh, matzah mitzvah. So chametz, real true chametz, believe it or not, is actually harder to come by than you would have imagined. Which brings us back to uh, the topic of chametz. So, Chametz, and what makes something chametz, is actually going to explain a lot what we're going to see going on at the, the bakery today, because all the things they're doing, all these practices that are in place, that, you know, source all the way back right to the Shulchan Aruch and just right around that, um, you know, it's not just like made up summers and weird, strange practices, that all the stuff is 
Um, it's, it's, it's in Shulchan Aruch, it's in Achronim, it's, it's um, ubiquitous also. Uh, it's not just Chathish or whatever else. Um, all these things are trying to prevent a process of chametz. So I know that uh, it's Yadua, that we flour plus water plus 18 minutes is chametz, right? So we usually like to think that as long as you're within 18 minutes, everything's good, right? Uh, so it's not completely true. Um, in fact, many, many, many things um, make you lose your 18 minutes. There are things that are memaher lahachmetz or machmetz niyad. They, they make the chametz process go faster. And there's no clear shear, so once you know that it's not a full 18 minutes, you don't know how long it's going to be, so you just got to rush, rush, rush. Some things are machmets right away, that even if it's within the 18 minutes and you're, you're, you're working the whole time, but if this thing gets in it, puzzle. Um, so there are things that make you lose your 18 minutes, and once you enter into that zone, so then you get uh, into panic mode. So you have to try and cut all those things out. So some examples are hot water. Hot water is machmets. We have special water for the, the um, matzah process called Maim Shalanu. It has a, it's an ancient form of refrigeration, you could call it. Uh, salt in the matzah is machmitz. A single grain of pepper in the matzah is machmitz. The sun is machmitz. Being too close to the oven is machmitz. Hot hands are machmitz. Overworking the dough with your hands is machmitz. It's a separate thing if your hands are cool, but overworking the dough with your hands is machmitz. Um, not letting the matzahs properly bake in the oven. They can be chametz. They can become chametz in the oven. Mixing water with meiperos. So we said meiperos is never machmas, that's why the cookie is, is matzah. But when you take meiperos and you mix it with water, and then you put that with flour, so that makes the whole thing go much faster, and you can get chametz. So um, there are many, many things. All these things can make the chametz processes happen sooner and make you lose your 18 minutes. So in a bakery, there are going to be three things that they're going to be looking out for uh, at every point uh, along the line. One is that, is there anything that has a concern of being exposed to flour and water and then sitting for more than 18 minutes. We'll go through examples of all things. The second thing is, there, is there any activity in the run that will jeopardize that 18-minute shear that you have? And then third is some an extra thing, as Shulchan Aruch says, uh, that anyway, when you make a matzah, there's an Indian Mahiris and, and uh, the Tepazun, so matzah should be made without any sort of break or any delay whatsoever. Even if you had 18 minutes, you shouldn't let the, the, the dough sit for even one moment without without attention. There's something called ASIC, that you're working the dough the whole time. So there's a very helpful thing in this whole process that thing called ASIC, as long as you're working the dough, uh, there's a call that can't, it basically can't become coming. So the other end of that coin, which we're not going to talk about, is theoretically, you could take the entire day to make one matzah as long as you're being OSIC in it the whole time. Okay, fine. So uh, just a quick run through of the basics of the, the little details and nuances that are going on in, in your typical um, matzah bakery. So when you first walk in, you have one guy who's measuring the flour or, or dealing with the flour. One guy, and there's an achitza between them, um, measuring out the water. They're separate because you don't want the flour, a guy who's measuring flour, getting flour on his, on his begotten. Then he goes over to the water and he's getting the wet and then the water, the flour gets into the water so I could put comet straight into your Mayim Shalanu and ruin the whole thing. Alternatively, the guy measuring the water, he's got wet hands and now he's measuring flour. He's going to get water into the whole big batch of flour. So, halakhically, you have to have two separate people, one to measure water, one to measure flour, and that's based on the first concern that maybe if he makes, some, makes a mixture of flour and water, it's going to sit there, he didn't notice it, it's going to sit there for more than 18 minutes, it's going to become comets, it's going to make its way into the um, following uh, masses. Then, um, then when you find, you can see they have, they, have, they have 20 different people there working, and yet, the guy who's mixing all the flour together, he always makes a shear that's smaller than a shear challah. No matter what, no matter how many thousands of people they have working there, the guy who's mixing it is doing basically, basically doing it with less than a shear challah. And the reason for that is because Kim Lahud is, is not from the Gemara, but from Rishonim, that um, 
an isa that's bigger than a shirchala, a single person with his two hands can't work the whole thing, every little particle of it, at once. So if he was going to work a dough that was too big, he'll be working over here trying to knead it, and over there is not going to get enough attention. The dough is going to become chametz after enough time. So halakhically, you can't knead a single dough that's bigger than a shirchala. That's the, that's the concern uh, number three, that uh, shokhanach, you're not, you're not working the whole thing without interruption the whole time. Yeah. So it's both. It's a little bit of both. It's ASIC one, because some, they're all designed basically to be mekayim, just shulchan uh, to have no shihios whatsoever. Um, but more importantly, it, 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 it's, a, it's a term of 18 minutes. So in theory, the shir is only a problem, um, like chametz, like what you're saying, if you would sit around for 18 minutes. Because you can't get to the whole dough in, within the 18 minutes. So since everything is thrown out, which we talk about, the fact that everything is thrown out after 18 minutes, the alarm goes off and everything stops, so, in theory, halakhically, you could get away with uh, um, working with more than shirchala because of that aspect, at least. So, there are different, obviously it goes based on the shirchala, um, but, uh, and, and it depends what their shita is. Um, so, you could go, range from anywhere like two and a half pounds, which is like the most machmir of Rukhaim Nafud, or maybe people push it to yes a bracha, but no, uh, sorry, yes to be in haprasha, but not a bracha. And then, I don't know. So each, each place is, might do their own thing. Um, okay, so then, then you find there are a lot of workers. Workers with, with big sticks, little sticks, smaller sticks, and things like that. So the dough is always passing from one place to another. They work it, they pass it, they work it, they pass it. But each dough is moving, 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 basically, until it's going to go on that stick and go straight into the oven. So that, again, that's the third aspect that you don't want the matzah to sit for even a moment without any asek like the shulchanach was talking about. Then we know that uh, we eat matzahs that are very thin. Uh, they're called rakikin. So um, the Ramah says that nowadays uh, we, certainly Ashkenazim, at least we have to have matzahs that are rakikin. Rakikin, the reason why is because you want a thin matzah because you want to make sure that it's going to bake properly in the oven. Now, you, uh, halakhically, you could actually have a matzah that was as big up to a tefah. By a tefah already, we're worried that in the oven it won't cook all the way, and even though it'll look cooked on the outside, you'll have a crust, the inside will still be raw, and then you'll end up with chamek. So taking that more to the, a further extreme, we make them very, very thin, we poke the holes in and everything like that so that uh, we'll know for sure that it cooks properly in the oven. And this is the concern number two, that if you put it in the oven and it's not getting the right heat in the right amount of time, it not only won't get cooked, but it'll actually become chametz before it becomes fully baked. Then they have the rettlers, those are the things that poke the holes. So that idea is because you don't want the masses to puff. If, if anyone ever made a pizza, you take this little thing, you put it in the oven, it makes a big balloon and then it cools back down. There's an air pocket that pour, forms in the middle. That's something called a nafucha. And nafucha also, same sort of thing. The air acts as a thermal insulator and it protects the masa from any sort of, uh, uh, of a baking. It keeps it cool. So they become chametz. The whole thing, if you get a nafucha like this, becomes chametz. So the retlers that they put there are to prevent this, which is, again, the concern number two, that even though it's in the oven, you're in the 18 minutes, you're still breaking that 18-minute timer because of one of these things that um, corrupt the, uh, the chametz process. Fine. Then you're going to see that the oven is in a totally separate room than anything having to do with the masses. You can't have the leisha and anything involved with the rolling out the masses or anything in the same room as the oven because the oven is very hot, especially nowadays. They're extremely hot. They're well, somewhere between 12 and 1500 degrees. So it's a toasty place and toast uh, toasts things. And you don't want to be toasting your masses unless you're ready to fully bake the masses. So. Um, that again, that's concern number two, that, that if you had them in the same room, you'd have a problem of not having 18 minutes anymore. Then we have another thing that sometimes matzahs get a fold in them while they're going in the oven, or maybe while the guy's rolling them, he would put it on the pole, fold it on itself, it kind of got stuck, 
Um, so there, that makes a little packet, an air packet, where the fire, the heat, uh, the hot air from the oven can't, can't flow through and cook the, the inside of that fold. It's the same thing as this pizza sort of idea. It's called the kula. This we're much more familiar with. Kulas are a real thing uh, even nowadays. That's why at the end of the whole process, they have a bodek there um, who will look through the different masses, and, and when he sees something that looks like a kula, or that, that is a kula, rather, he's supposed to break it off, kadenatila. And actually, there's an important law for that um, I mean, it, it may apply, it may not apply, but in theory, there's actually a mitzvah on all of us to bring our matzahs to a, to a chacham of the town before Pesach, because he's supposed to check your matzahs with you to make to see if there's anything that needs to be taken off. Um, because if you find a kula, for example, on on uh, on, on Pesach, it's a problem. You have to do your chametz on it. So um, some of the Heinziger uh, uh, poskim are, are matzni on why why people aren't bringing their matzahs before Pesach to. I'm checking, sure, that this is okay, is this okay, whatever, you bring your esrog, is this okay? Much more important than the esrog is that you shouldn't have uh, at least the chametz terabanan of a kula and, and whatever else, whatever issues that there would be. So, uh, in, right, so in theory, it could be you don't need to do this because they have a bodeg there uh, who's doing this job, and you like the bodeg, you don't like the bodeg, I don't know, but in theory they have uh, measures set in place to prevent exactly that. Um, just a note about the nefucha thing. So there's something called the kula right next to the kula and the nefucha that the Ramah talks about. So nefucha doesn't really exist nowadays. It's probably because of the rettlers. But uh, the, the Aruch HaShulchan uh, made a comment, so this was already 200 years ago or whatever, 100, 100, 150. He was saying that he never offered a matzah because of nefucha in his life. So um, nefucha is not so common, but kulas are very, very common. That's actually, practically speaking, in how these... Uh, uh, bakeries are run so pristinely and perfectly, the only real issue that's going to get in a masa is going to be a kafula, which then they're going to fix after they all come out and you have the bodek, get rid of it. Okay, um, now when you go, you're going to see that there are either no windows or the windows are going to be covered. This again is a problem that we have, we have a minute to cover the windows, but it, it's based off the idea that the sun is machmet, and if the rays of the sun are coming in, uh, they start baking up your matzah. So even if there's no sun overhead, we still are knowing to cover it in case because you're busy, you're not focusing, and then before you know it, the sun's already on that side of the building and it's coming in. So the windows are going to be covered. The, um, the kalim, uh, after every 18 minutes, are going to be replaced or they're going to be washed, and that's the, the same idea there of the, uh, the 18 minutes. Um, and uh, and that, that's basically the run-through, I think, um, of the different details that the, the practices they put into place. Practically speaking, um, any and every matzah you're finding, there's manazet, ludaiti, it seems from, from going through the halachos, every single one is mehuderes ad me'od and totally lechachila. The only difference between matzah, one matzah and another is, like, really when it gets down to it, is just going to be if one is a little bit more lechachila than the other in terms of the minute shahios that were involved with it or not. But in terms of an actual chashash of, of something real, like hummus, um, even the abundant or whatever, is, is uh, there's kima and none because they're just so beautifully designed uh, the way these professionals do it. Um, and trust me, I know from experience that the professionals are, they're really good. They're really, really good. Um, and yeah, so, that, and I'm not talking about me. Yeah, so they're, they're very, very good. So, um, that's just a basic uh, outline. There are obviously many, many more details on the whole thing. And just one closing kind of like a scuff of the whole thing. It's, it's actually very interesting, this, this matza thing, mitzvah. We have two things. We have Hashem said, Pesach comes, don't eat hummus. Separately, Hashem said, Pesach comes matzah. So, Hashem, I've got a great idea. Just make matzah the recipe. Make it made peros, please. A cookie. You don't have to worry so much. Why do I have to have all this crazy mishikas with the sun and we're running, we're hiding, we're holding things up and then things drops on the floor and uh, we scream. Right? So, like, 
just make a matzah that it could be made in a way that it comes nowhere near coming. But it's interesting that Hashem put the two together. He said, you, for, if you want to make a matzah, you, you make the Jews, you have to get in close to the Ra, you have to like, bear up close next to it, and you have to make sure that you get the matzah out of there in time. It, is, it doesn't, doesn't say play it safe. I don't know why, it's very interesting. It's, it's by a lot of things we actually find. It's by kasha, if you want to eat some meat, you have to get close to making the velo. You have to get close to making trefa. If you want meat buster that's kasher, you have to shaft something and run the risk of nevela. We don't say, don't get married because I don't want to go near Nida. But uh, no, you get married. You have to get married. You have to get married. And you still, Hashem wants us, for whatever reason, getting close to the danger of these very serious, um, um, you know, of Eros Kamuros, um, in order to be Mekayim these mitzvahs. So you can probably imagine that to see the danger is also how important these mitzvahs are to us. So, and for the Sikhana Olam as a whole. The room that go on. So uh, anyway, so we should get excited about our matzahs because our mom is getting close to the klipa there, and we're gonna whop it in the face. There's our shem. Okay, go.